Praise God. Good morning. Praise God. I bring you greetings from Singapore. I thought the first three rows would be empty this morning. Quite seriously, I cough every Sunday, right? I have a cough problem, so don't, don't, don't be afraid. I automatically cough. Seriously, I, I've done it all my life. All my life. As soon as I start to speak, I start to talk. So don't worry. I have to say, guys, in light of what Michael was saying there, I found it in Singapore, complete anti-climax, on the plane, which was an A380, which is 500, 600 people, there was about 120 people. So I went to the toilet at the back, and on that walk to the loo, I think I saw about two or three masks in the whole place, you know? None of the staff wore masks. Then when we got off and went to the office, Singapore Church has thousands of members, so a couple of the churches cancelled because there was virus people in those congregations. But most of the churches have continued with just the simple safeguards. Just use the gel, you know, if you don't feel well, I feel fine, hallelujah. If you don't feel well, no problem, self-isolate, stay at home. But I, I tell you what, guys, don't be spooked and don't be frightened by nothing. Amen? Amen. Don't, don't let that take you because one thing knocks on to another. I mean, they, this is mild. I do believe it's last days. I do believe it's end times. But it's relatively mild, a mild problem that we're facing. So please keep your armor on and stay strong and keep our testimonies. Amen? Amen. Turn to Ecclesiastes a moment. I want to read a scripture that um, Pastor Evelyn posted on, on Monday uh, on some of the WhatsApp groups. It's a, it's a scripture that you always hear at funerals, but to be honest, it's not really a... It is a funeral thing, but it's a lot more than just funerals. It's about time. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. This is God speaking. There's a time for everything, you know. There's a time for everything in your life. And there's a season for every activity under the sun. A time to be born and there's even a time to die. Sometimes we fight that, right? Don't want people to die. But the fact is people live and people die. There's a time to be born and there's a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. I'm going to skip forward to uh, verse... 10 and 11. Verses 10 and 11. Verse 9. What does the worker gain from his toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on men. He has made everything beautiful in his time. He has also set eternity in the heavens. And, and yet men cannot fathom what God has done from the beginning and the end. Now, I apologize for that translation. Not the best of, of translations, but a very, very good scripture. What that scripture is saying, it's talking about you. And it's saying, in your life, you've got seasons and times. Two different things. And God says to you, you should know, we can't tell, we don't know the whole of our life. Okay? I don't know, what, you know, when I'm 10 years old, I don't know what's going to be when I'm 100 years old. Okay, but I do know the, the different times. A season is a period of life. A time is the transition between seasons. Hello, some of you have been stuck in the same season for an eternity. Some of you have got stuck in a season because you didn't recognize the time 
of God's movement. I guarantee you that's true. Scripture separates times and seasons. And it's very important. So I, I say it again. In Ecclesiastes, the wisest man who ever lived says this. You will be very wise to take stock and do an assessment and ask yourself, just what season am I in? And if you don't like your season, if you feel stuck, did I miss my moment? Did God try and move me on from one place to another and I missed my moment? Will God please forgive me and give me another time? Give me another time where I can move into the next season. Amen? Amen. Praise God for that. You know, we know when it's winter. Amen, because it's freezing. <laughs> we know when it's summer. We know when it's spring. But likewise, even in times like today, when you look at what's happening in the world with the fires in Australia, with the locusts and the outbreak, with the plagues, Revelation chapter 9. <coughs> Don't get frightened. <coughs> Revelation chapter 9 lists even in order of what we've just experienced in the world, folks. So for me, this is a time, definitely a time, where we're moving from one season to another. My Lord, has God been gracious with us? Yes. Has God been gracious with the human race? Yes. What a kind God. But friends, the seasons seem to be changing for me. The season seems to be changing. We seem to be very clearly moving through a time that's obvious and moving into another period, another season, the end times, and very, very firmly, very radically, very really. So there's a time to be still, a time to act, a time to pray, a time to wait, etc., etc., etc. When a woman is pregnant, when those kicks start to come, when those contractions begin, you know that baby's coming, right? And the Apostle Paul says this, that it's impossible for Christ to return without this world going through some, oh, some contractions. And these just a very short time. The last six months. It's like somebody in heaven threw a switch in 2020. Isn't it? It's like someone in heaven just said, right, now we're going to move. Now I'm going to make it so clear. I'm going to make it so clear that you need to repent and get ready to meet your Savior, you're going to be left in no doubt whatsoever that the same Jesus who died on a cross is coming back. Amen. Oh yes. Only, do you know what? Only people who don't want to see it are not going to see it. You are deliberately not believing it. You don't want to hear this. That's why they crucified Jesus, right? They didn't like what he said. So this world is going through some contractions, some pains, and I need to get ready in every possible way. I was preaching in Ukraine. And there was questions and answers about end times. <laughs> That's not the first time I've had this mockery of when I'm teaching on this. And in the room, I mentioned pandemics, you see. As part of what I was saying, of course, a pandemic could bring Russia down or whatever. And some of the guys started laughing at me, looking at each other. <laughs> Stupid, you know. And I, I said, well, you see, we've got a handle on this now. Medicine and all, you know, so don't worry about the pandemics. I thought I wouldn't be that cocky if I was you. And then the following week, this thing, see, I mean, people laugh at God's word. They do. Sarah laughed, right? People laugh at God's word when the word says that one third of the earth's population died with a plague. 
They laugh at that. I'm not laughing now, right? <laughs> so I believe you have seasons. I've got seasons in my life. But there are key moments for humanity, but also for me personally. There are key times when God is trying to nudge me, edge me into the next phase so that I don't get stuck for 10 years or 20 years or 30 years or 40 years in a season that I was never supposed to stay in. Amen. The times they are changing. Take that side of your notes and let me just review. I know you've probably seen this before, but for me it's fascinating. It's the three words for time in Greek. The first main word for time is the chronological word for time, chronos. That's the word that um, it means measured time. Nine to five. It means ongoing time. It's like I used to work in a factory just for one year. Thank God I hated it. But you clocked in and you clocked out. That's chronos. That's chronos time. Chronological time. It's time that will stop for no one. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Now, eyes forward one moment. You're not supposed to get stuck in Kronos time. You're not supposed to get stuck there. See, when I was in that factory, it was a car factory, Jaguar cars. There were guys coming through that door, and I, I can't remember how many years it was, but somebody said to me, see him? <laughs> He's been working here for like 15 or 20 years. And this guy's in Kronos. Tick, tock, tick, tock, clock yourself in. On the production line, tick tock, tick tock. And it's almost like he's lost in time. He's lost in space. And if you're not careful, life will do that to you. The hundrum, right? The daily routine. It's like a mouse on a wheel. That mouse thinks it's going somewhere, doesn't it? That's why it keeps on running. But that mouse is actually going nowhere, absolutely nowhere. So I would warn you, and I would also counsel myself to be, to be very careful that chronos time, chronological time, and the humdrum of everyday life is not dictating my seasons, and I'm not stuck in that place. The second type, eons or epochs, this denotes a period of time. For when you move in the Iron Age, Ice Age, whatever you want to say, different epochs or periods in time. I'll say this to you folks, eyes forward, just look here a moment. I've been through seasons. I've been through seasons in my life. I don't believe I've got stuck in one yet. Because people often come and people move me to the next season. People. People. They intervene. Like Jesus, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he didn't go chasing the cross, did he? Jesus is in a season and he's so disciplined. So waiting, and then the soldiers come, and they take him to the next season. Your leaders can move you to your next season. God can move you to your next season. But be open for that, moving from one phase to another. Don't get stuck. An eon is uh, an era. And the third type is our point for today, kairos time. Kairos time is opportunity time. That's what it is. Do you know what kairos is? Kairos is what you've been praying for. Kairos time is the very time that you have been doing all this preparation for. 
Why did I have to go through what I went through? Why did I have to suffer these pains? Why have I been studying LIW for 150 years? Why have I, why have I, why have I, why have I? The reason is for your charis moments, right? All of that preparation, all of that prayer was to prepare you for a time, a charis time, a charis moment. But the sad thing is, and I'm telling you the truth you know, with, with sadness in my heart, the reality is, just like the Jews who prayed for their Messiah for 5,000 years, and then when he comes, they don't even recognize him. And so many Christians, they pray for God's will. They pray for marriage like we dealt with yesterday. They pray for something. And then when the moment comes, when the kairos comes, they miss their moment and they fail to move from one season into the next season of their lives. Amen? Amen? Don't miss your kairos. A few weeks back, it was at the making of your mark, right? A few weeks back, I mentioned that most of the characters in Scripture are not famous for their whole lifetimes. They're only famous for one kairos. They're only famous for one moment. Remember Cornelius, it says he was a quiet man praying at home. Nobody knew his name. Right? But one day, in a moment, God sends an angel to him and says, Go and talk to Peter. And the gospel comes to the Gentiles. Remember Mary at Bethany. Nobody knows who she is. But one Kairos moment, she gets prompted to pour oil on the Lord's feet, right? And Jesus said, Because you have, because you have acted in this moment, because you have responded to that prophetic prompting that you received what you have done wherever the gospel is preached as long as this world continues to turn you will be met that is astonishing don't you think Nahum the prophet walks into scripture and then disappears Amos the prophet walks into scripture and disappears people who were famous not for their lifetimes although that's perfectly fine we just Celebrated Ray Belfield's 60 years of ministry. And I say amen to that. Nothing wrong with that. It's fantastic. And Pastor Rick Seward, etc. You've got the Apostle Paul, Abraham, Moses. These people are famous for a whole life. But I just want to remind you, I, I, I'm quite happy to be a private worshiper and to wait for my moment. Just wait for that moment and not compare myself with some superstar. In case I miss the very thing that they did. I mean, that, the pouring of that oil has become famous. It's one little thing. This woman says, well, this is so pathetic. This is so little. And yet it's not little, is it? It's rattled all down through the century. So be careful of what you're using as a measuring rod here. And what's important to God, what he sees as significant. It's, that's what's important. Not to measure like the world measures. I like the at the bottom of your first page. I like the statement. Finding Kairos moments in a Kronos world, right? Yes, we're all caught in humdrum to some degree. But how do I specifically find my Kairos moments so that I don't get stuck in a season, but I move with God, especially in these last days? Turn over your page, please. Seeing and seizing the Kairos moments in my life. Some time back, I mentioned to you 
in Glasgow, one day, Jeanette, my first wife, um, she was very, very faithful. She was very, very focused. If I gave her something to do, Jeanette would do that thing, I tell you. She would do that thing. Do you know the problem I had? This one day came, and I had a really important task. I had something, and I, it, I can't even remember what it was, but it was really important, it was really serious. And I looked, and my first instinct was, I'll ask you, because I know her so well. I'm going to say, Jeanette, I've got a really Kairos important moment, and I know what she's going to say. I can't do it because I'm doing the ushering or whatever she was doing. She, and praise God for her doing the ushering. Praise God for her being dedicated to the ministry for so many years. Thank you. But is it okay if I can interject a little bit here? Hello. Don't get stuck in a season. And do you know what I did with that important task? By the way, God went to Cornelius, Mary to Bethany, the prophets. I passed my wife over. And I went to actually a Chinese girl called Dr. Pui Wong. And do you know why I went to her? Because she was switched on. Now she had responsibilities on worship. That woman was dedicated to worship. But she wasn't so chronological with her worship. I knew if I ask her, she will drop what she's doing. And she will say, yes, Pastor. She's, got, she's with it. Are you with me? Because I believe God has probably spoken to you. To move you from one phase of your life to the next. But we call it maybe mistakenly faithfulness. <laughs> but I'm so faithful in, in my chronology. I'm so faithful in what I'm doing that not even God himself can shift me. Right? God himself speaks to me to move on to the next phase. And I can't get it. I don't see it. I see it almost as a threat. Hallelujah. Times and seasons. So the first point just came to my mind this week. How do I seeing and, seasons, uh, seeing and seizing Kairos moments in my life? Number one, Kairos moments in my giftings and in my callings. Jesus, David was telling me he wants to write a book. And I was in exactly your position. So this is what happened to me, Right? 20 years in private, I study. 20 years, David, 20 years. When no one sees me, I don't care. I don't care if nobody sees me. Diligently looking at relationships, end times, all this stuff. But guess what happened? One day, I'm sitting in Glasgow. We've got 13 full-time staff in the church at this time. And there's a staff meeting Monday morning. We used to have our staff meeting. And I'm looking around the table. And Tom can produce TV programs. Heidi can edit books. Chris, he can do sound. And I'm looking around the room. You know, uh, you can edit books. You can do formatting. You can do sound. You can... And one woman wanted to give. She wanted to finance things. And as I looked around, hold on a minute, guys. This is a Kairos. This is a Kairos moment for me. This is something I've been... With. Do you know, I could have sat there and not seen it. Hello? <laughs> I could have sat there and not seen that. And I remember praying about this. God, look at this room. In this room, we've got everybody we need for TV. In this room, I've got everybody I need to produce books. What am I doing? Wake up, Michael. 
So I started praying, and God, the first thing he put was, what's love got to do with it? So I went back to the same group. They didn't believe it. They didn't think it was going to happen. I said, this is what we're going to do. And suddenly, I got my kairos. Amen? And I'm just saying, God can present before you an open door, but you can't see it. He's a good God, and he's on your side. But I pray today, that's what I want you to go with, that you will recognize your Kairos moments. Let me say this. Once we did What's Love Got to Do With It, the second book was nobody ever, no, the, the second book, yeah, nobody ever told me that. Then we did He's Got Nothing in Me. And I can remember this, guys. People were saying to me, isn't that enough now? Isn't that enough, Pastor Mike? That's three. Now just take a year off. Calm down. You know what I mean? I remember that. That's enough. Stop. You don't need TV now. One series is enough. And I didn't go with that. I said, you know what? I'm going to just keep on producing. Strike while the iron's hot, friend. Make hay while the sun shines. Because you know what I thought in my head? Today, I've got Tom, I've got Chris, I've got Heidi, I've got Leanne, I've got all the... What about tomorrow? I don't know. So I'm going to strike while the iron's hot. Do you know Leanne moved to Malaysia? Tom moved outside the city. Chris went back home. I don't know if there's one of those guys left, actually, at this point. I didn't think of that. I think they're all gone. So it's important for you not just to recognize what God is laying before you and to see it in Jesus' name, but also to make full, bring in the harvest in the right season, right? Bring in that harvest. And I pray that, that today God opens your eyes. Now, I repeat Sadly, some people miss their moment for greater things. Let me use your honey as an example because she's nearly obsessive with worship, right? In a good way. <laughs> so here you've got someone who, who is passionately committed to something. Now, here's my question. Can I give you something else? Can I give you something else? Do you know, I, this is a very sad true story because it concerns my best friend and he's dead. So my friend comes to me one day, many years ago in a church, and he says, Mike, I don't know what's wrong with my back. Would you just pray for my back? Just like that. I tell you, like a bolt from straight from heaven. It's not his back. He's got cancer. It's just so clear. And I thought, Jesus, what? Go and get bleep bleep. I'm not going to say the name. Go and get her and get her to pray. So I didn't say a word to him. I said, would you just stay there a second? So I go over and I get this woman. Now, God's, God's calling this woman from what she normally does, right? Come here. So I said, come here. Do you know what I want you to do? I want you to pray for him. I've just had this word in me. I don't want to talk to him, but I feel as Do you know what that woman did? I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. That's what she did. And do you know what happened? The spirit changed. The atmosphere just around me changed. And instead of saying, oh, please, please, please. No, I didn't. I just said, it doesn't matter. That was a moment there. Sometimes these things are so fleeting. In the book of Hebrews it says, don't be like those who shrink back. Right? Don't be like those who, who you know, pull themselves away when God is trying to you know, make you brave and get you to step out. Now I don't know if that woman ever did enter her moment. Was she gifted in healing? I believe so. I believe she had a gifting in healing. And maybe she had studied it. Maybe she had prayed for it. Maybe she had hoped and believed for it. But then when I came to her and said, would you? No, 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 no. 
not able, getting stuck in a preparation season, right? And graduation day never comes. Because you don't recognize the moment. Very sad. Look at that scripture I put in there. Mark chapter 4 verse 18. This is great. This is when Jesus was calling the disciples. And particularly Mark. I think it's 14 times in the book of Mark. He says Jesus goes up to each one of the 12 disciples. And each one of them says immediately. Without hesitation. They leave whatever they're doing and they follow Christ. You see that? That speaks to me of people who know the value in the call. If you delay, look, if I've got a 10 kilo bar of gold here, and Pat, you've got a 1 kilo bar of bronze, and I say to you, I'll swap my 10 kilo bar of gold with your 1 kilo bar of bronze, do we have a deal? Everybody's going to say, yes, we've got a deal. Because you understand the value of the transaction. So when Peter was in his business and Jesus comes and says, leave the boat, Peter jumps out of the boat because he understood the value of who was calling him. Hello. So when we're stuck in Kronos, leave your business, come and follow me. When we're, don't look so frightened, Tim. <laughs> when God speaks to you, are you willing and ready and tuned in for that Kairos? I'm telling you folks, see this thing here? This is the difference between frustrated Christians who, who live their entire lives wondering, what did I miss? What went wrong? So first and foremost for me, Kairos most importantly, concerns my gift and my calling. But under point one, look, I also put Genesis chapter 22 because it also involves my willingness to suffer. And if God said to you, take your child, your son or your daughter tomorrow and sacrifice them, you might say, could we put that off for a week? <laughs> uh, could we do that next year? Look at what Abraham does. Take your son, your only son, and go and sacrifice him on the mountain. Early the next morning. No hesitation for suffering. How wonderful is that? Very good. Very, very good. Not just Abraham, but many people in Scripture. Remember David and Goliath? When people are frightened, they're going to get their head chopped off by Goliath. David, I'll go. I'll do it. A quick response as soon as he understood the problem. A willingness to suffer. A willingness to die. Remember Esther. When Esther heard of the problem. For such a moment as this. For such a kairos as this. Maybe all your preparation has been for this. All of what's gone before is for this Esther. And Esther says, I will do it. Or Samuel when he hears the voice of God and he says, here I am, send me. Some things I'm afraid they do require a response in the moment. And if you miss the moment, I'm not going to bore you with the same story, but I'll never get over it as long as I live. <laughs> the guy in Dublin who, Rick, bless him, when I, I wanted this guy full time. Remember, I've told you several times, but it's like something God just wanted to impact on my life. It deeply has affected me, that, that interaction. Because I, I wanted this guy, I put him in the office with Rick, and then the guy comes out, and he says, I'm not going to do it. And I, in my heart, believed that the moment didn't matter. I really believed that there would be a second chance. But Rick just stopped me and said, Mike, you've got to accept the fact that when some of these people miss their moment, that's it. 
and he, he said to me, I guarantee you that man will not enter ministry. And I thought he was wrong. I thought he was wrong. And years and years, well, it's about 17, 18 years ago now, that guy's still working some place. I regret that. And in his case, that second chance or that moment, whoever puts his hand to the plow and looks back, is not worthy of this calling. You've missed something. You've missed some moment. Now, I pray that doesn't happen to you. For your giftings, for your callings, if God calls you to sacrifice in some way, that's, you know, a, a reluctant sacrifice is no sacrifice at all, is it? Uh, sacrifice needs to be willing and happy and ready. I'm ready to sacrifice, yes. But once it's begrudging, hmm. The second area is for business. And I, I, I pray for you in this, that God would open businesses in this place. The Jews, the Jews are some of the most creative people on the planet. The things they invent, and I preached on this a long time in Glasgow, and one guy there, he just got stirred up, you know, and he, he, he decided, I, I'm going to invent something, you know. So he, he entered the Sony uh, Best App UK competition. He won 30 grand. So just because he believed that God has always used people to create, right? New ideas. You know Dragon's Den, that guy who created Moonpig. You know Moonpig cards? Um, but his, his, his testimony of his business, his kairos is this. I saw that in the market, nobody's doing this. Nobody's doing this. I saw a moment, I saw something that was missing and I simply did it. Will you pray for you? <laughs> God, open my eyes if you have a future in business. God, open my eyes and show me a niche. Show me something that people aren't doing. Hello. Right? If the lost can do it, right? If the lost can do it, may God help us to do it. Jesus, God is a creator God. I pray that you enter your gifts and your callings and not get stuck in a season but recognize the times that God brings you through. Thirdly, Kairos in relationships. Yesterday we had the singles day. Thank you very much, guys. We took time to teach and to pray through everybody. But one of the things I prayed yesterday and I, I said to the people, I've been dealing with relationships a long time and I just don't feel comfortable with the length of time that people get stuck being single. Right? From the day that I decided to get married to the day that I was asking you was only a couple of months. Uh, and there's a reason for that because it's the ability to remove any obstacle, right? Consciousness of what the obstacles actually are. And secondly, the ability to hear. These things are important. But when I see people get stuck, I just really, really struggle with the length of time that some people are single. I do. I say, okay, one year, two years, three years. But once we start getting past that, I'm struggling. And I, this makes me question your prophetic ability. It makes me question whether, you, are, are you hearing from God or what? Yeah. Three things in the Bible are consistent, Old Testament, and new. They never change. One is the return of Christ. He's coming back. Says it over and over. The second one is that you're going to be judged. Okay, so don't make any mistake here. Jesus coming back, that's the first continuum in Scripture. 
the second continuum that never changes from Genesis to Revelation, you will stand before God and you will personally be judged. You can take it to the bank. The third thing that never changes in Scripture is the critical importance of you hearing from God. If my people listen to my voice, if they will only hear from me, if you would listen to me. And when I see people stuck, I don't mean to say this to hurt you, but I do say it to challenge you. Nothing will change you and guide you and give you more confidence than a word from God. Nothing. And when I see people stuck like this, okay, I say two things. If you're single and you're stuck, think about character changes and changes within yourself. I accept that. But secondly, I would challenge you on your actual prophetic hearing. Have you got that part right? Remember the ten virgins, right? They all prepared. And then five of them stopped preparing. So when the wedding time, right? Singles. When the wedding came, only five of them were actually continued in their preparations. And five slid back. In Song of Songs, identical scenario. The bride fell asleep when she should have been listening and attentive. The times there are changing. I pray today, this day, let's not wait another day. I pray today that God shows you your gifts and callings and maybe brings you into a new season. I pray that if you have a business future that God wants to give you, that you see the gap in the market, you see the moment. I pray if you're stuck in relationships, if you're stuck in singleness, yes, do your preparation, but sharpen that hearing and don't come back without it. Go get his voice and then obey that voice. And lastly, and also sadly, but also happily, the Luke chapter 15 story. Look at the end of this scripture here i'll read it to you one day jesus was teaching and the pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there people had come from jerusalem and from every village of galilee and judea and the power of the lord was present for him to heal the sick now i wonder how long the power of the lord was present for him to heal the sick i wonder how long it's like stephen or or, or sarah on Wednesday night, for example, if we're in this room, sometimes you'll get a prophetic song. But if you don't sing that song, right, at that moment, five minutes later, the same song just doesn't quite seem to fit. Isn't that correct? Yeah. You have a moment. You have a little window there. Or giving a prophetic word. Pastor Deshan's father, Colton, Pastor Colton, before he died, he, uh, Rick brought him in to speak to the RMDs. So we're all just sitting in the room. And Colton walks in, I tell you, God, what's wrong with me? God just spoke to me. Get your Bible, read Zechariah. Um, do not despise the day of small things. I didn't do it because Colton's like a famous figure, so I was just respectful. And again, God said, pick up your Bible and read Zechariah. Do not despise the day. I didn't do it. Don't look at me like that. You do that all the time. <laughs> so I sat there and I didn't do it. And then Rick comes in and says, please, guys, can you welcome Colton? I've asked him because he has a special word. Turned to say, yeah, 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 yeah. Turned to Zechariah. God's told me to talk to you about not despising the day of small things. And you sit there, don't you? And you kick yourself. What is wrong with me? 
What is wrong with me? Lack of confidence? Why, why did I not just step out of the boat? Now, God wanted to reinforce that word that day. He wanted everybody to be in no mistake of what was being said. My point is, if you miss the moment, sometimes that thing just doesn't have the same ring. Sometimes it just, it's dead in the water and its time has gone. God used me to work a miracle, which was a glorious occasion. It's just that, that moment thing. I was walking through Dublin and a phone call came about the child who was dying. From the minute that phone call came, I knew this is healing. So I, I'm without excuse. I've got it. And I had to stand my ground against many negative things and push through, holding fast to what I believed. Thank God for that. That was an excellent experience. I'm done. Simple message. For me, the times are changing. I am personally, I'm very happy with my personal journey from seasons. I don't believe, forgive me, Lord, if I'm wrong. I'm speaking the truth. I do not believe that I got stuck in a season. I don't believe it. When I got saved, I was in social services, like you, Janet, sitting in my office. Well, I was like a lion in a cage. <laughs> it was hell on earth for me. Kronos, here we go. Monday morning, and my whole being is ready to explode with the gospel. It was hell on earth for me. I lasted nine months, and I resigned. I walked out. Yeah. But I didn't get stuck. Hallelujah. <laughs> and crossover, and then you do this, and then you, you know Dublin was a great era, but there was a time when Dublin was over. There was a time when that phase of my life was over. And you need to be sensitive to that and move on and move on and move on. So I pray for you, for your giftings and for your callings that you're hearing from God and not following your own desires. Did you hear me? Did you hear me that for your gifts and callings in this life, this life will soon be over? That you're not money-making or time-wasting or, or career-seeking or looking for fame, but that you actually are serving the God who died for you. Stop playing games with this thing. It's a serious game. Don't play with people's lives. Don't play with people's lives. It's a serious game. Serious game. And may God forgive us if he should call and we say, just got to bury my dad. I just got to do this. I just got two yoke of oxen and I need to, I'll be back in a minute. You won't be, you know. You won't be. So for my gifts and my callings. And for miracles. The ability to step out. So many of the people who worked miracles had to do something stupid. Didn't they? They had to do something really stupid. Like spitting in a guy's eyes. That's really good, isn't it? That's going to go down well today. What about hygiene? What about coronavirus? Right? <laughs> the things that Jesus did were so strange, but his hearing was so accurate. So accurate, so confident in the word he had that he followed through with it. And I pray upon us that same diligence and accuracy in our hearing and in our obedience. 
who's here is old enough to remember the original Mission Impossible? <laughs> the original Mission Impossible. Not these imposters, you see. The original one, years and years ago, when I were a lad, there was four of them, four secret agents. And they would get their little cassette and they would listen to the mission. And then the cassette dissolves in this this recording will self-destruct in 30 seconds, you see? And then they get out of the back of the minibus, isn't it? And then they stand. What's the last thing they do? Who remembers? Come on! <laughs> You're not that young. They synchronize their watches. That's what they do every episode. Okay, let's synchronize our watches. And then off they go to complete the mission. And I pray for you personally, and for us as a church, that today you synchronize. Perhaps this watch, this life of yours needs a little adjustment somewhere. And I pray this morning that you don't get stuck in Kronos. But for ministries, for healings, for miracles, and for my life, let me be in the right time, the right moment with you, God. All the more, because I believe there's probably not a lot of time left anyway. So all the more, because of this. Just bow your heads. I'll ask the team if they can come back. Just bow. Just take a moment, because it's a serious, it's a serious word, but I hope an inspiring and motivating word. For those of you who feel that you've missed your gifting or your calling, just pray for yourself. Ask God's forgiveness. And then he will speak to you once again. For those with dreams in business or in creativity, be that in music or any area of creativity, the same thing. Ask God forgiveness if you have missed your kairos or your moment. And to the single people, we love you. And God loves you. And continue to prepare yourself. Keep oil in your lamp. And listen to his voice. And for miracles, God, we pray. That when you speak to us, even to do something foolish in the eyes of men. That we would not be afraid of the laughter of people. But would value the transaction, value the calling and the instruction that comes from you. Thank you, Lord. Please stand with me.